Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I am manning the... Don't use manning, darling. You're a woman. Okay, I am womaning... Staffing. The... Managing. Man- I'm, well, barely. Yeah. Um, I am going to try and manage this podcast today. It's only somebody that we've been trying to get from the start. And yes. now we're going to look like an unprofessional uh, outfit. Why don't you put earphones on? It might help you look more no, professional. Look, no, that would look very antisocial when she finally arrives. Yeah, might um, do. I am... Oh, mum's phone's going off because... Okay. Oh, Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's producer Alice apologising that she's never leaving the gas leak traffic that she's in. Hold on, let's see. I've parked and I'm getting the tube. That's our girl. That's our producer, Alice, running here to get to this guest well, she to parked, save the sound quality. Uh, she can't get in a taxi. No, taxi's no good. No, Mum, there's been a gas leak in okay. Whitechapel. Anyway, so I'm trying to make this sound as okay as possible because Alice is obsessed with making our table manners sound as good as possible. So apologies if it's a little ropey for the first half hour of this, just um, while Alice dashes here from Whitechapel and that is a schlep to get to Clapham that's a nightmare we'll have to drink a lot of champagne well which one have you got mummy you've been so excited to I I I wonder if this is going to go down well or not we'll see well I have got an alternative choice because she might hate the bloody stuff I've got Bolly drink I've got Bolly darling and why do you have Bolly mum because if you're absolutely fabulous like us you always had a drop of bolly, darling. And also absolutely fabulous, like the guest that we've got, which is Joanna Lumley. Dame Joanna Lumley. Dame Joanna Lumley. Um, I'm a bit worried. What? Did you ever see the episode of Ab Fab? Which one? When they tried to encourage her to eat. Patsy. Patsy. And she only managed half a piece of, because she was a model and always worried about how she looked. She drank a lot and she managed half a piece of turkey and everyone watched in awe as she ate. God, I just don't feel like that would be allowed on television now. No, it probably wouldn't. Um, but uh, you've made, she's vegetarian. Just to add to the jeopardy of this yeah. evening, she's a vegetarian. And I've made something I've never made before. And it smells really good. Well, you don't, it's not even cooked yet. Just, mum, mum, I got here and I've been writing the new record on Zoom this week because my dear producer and songwriter got COVID. So that has been a bit rubbish, but actually quite amazing that we got some music. But I came a bit later, hadn't helped with the food. And you were like, you essentially wanted me to hold your hand. Yes. because I was panicking. Cause it's but not, it looks great, Mum. It looks all right. It not, doesn't look great. Where are you going? I'm doing the intro. 
Put it in the oven. Um, anyway, so we have Joanna Lumley coming on. Joanna has a new ITV show coming out. Uh, it's called Great Cities of the World. And essentially it's Joanna having a jolly in all the greatest cities. Rome, Paris. Where else does she go? Berlin. Berlin. Um, I think it's the three. And has a lovely time. Yeah. And so she's coming on. She's a fellow South Londoner. Yeah. So it's not too far for her to come, which is also slightly a shame because producer Alice isn't here. But it's fine. I've got this. I'm no longer the young grasshopper. Made my first chicken soup, didn't I, Mum? Yes, darling. It was quite nice. It It was delicate. That means not enough flavour. Well, I've realised that you tip in like half the container of the chicken soup flavouring. No, I don't, darling. I don't. Which is MSG? I don't know. I I think that... No, I don't use half a container. You definitely are liberal with your sprinkling of it. Two tablespoons? No, Mum. I did more than two tablespoons. But it was too watery. You needed to boil it down more. Oh, really? Yeah. It just needed less water. I still quite liked it. Yeah, it was I've nice. enjoyed it. It was less water. I brought the matzo balls. Those went down a treat. And then you, Sam, ate a post-COVID matzo ball. <laughs> I'm so sick of COVID. I'm so sick of it. I, yeah, I'm sick of it. But we're not going to talk about it today. Um, what else have you been up to, Mum? Well, let's talk about our new obsession, darling. What is it? How many goes today? How many grids? A wordle. Yep. You are amazing. I'm not amazing. You always get it in three. I usually get it in three. Your fucking phone. Turn your phone on silent, Mum. It's just Alice saying the tube's shut. No, it's people liking my phone. She says, really hate being late and really need a wee. Poor Al. We are so thrilled that Dame Joanna Lumley is coming to the house, albeit slightly uh, chaotic in here, but I'll try and steer the ship. Um, but we are thrilled. If she sits here, she'll be fine. You just need to, like, and work with, with me on the old I'll levels. I'll back and forth round her, darling, with the food. No, Mum, it'll be fine. Hopefully Alice will be here soon. Yeah, OK. Um, Joanna Lumley... Let's drink Yeah, let's... Can we open some now? Joanna Lumley coming up on Table Manners. Darling. I do. Oh, God. <laughs> By golly, I do. Well, that, that's how we shall begin. This is defiant. Oh, you're so sweet. You, you don't live too far away. No. We, we t- traffic was weirdly heavy tonight, but I live in Stockwell, so that's oh, really oh, close. Fantastic. Really close by. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers darling. Cheers. Cheers. Lachim to South, South, South London. Lachim and and yeah. Yeah. Thrilled, thrilled. How are you? How, how am I? Yeah, yeah. How I'm are you? just f- fine. <laughs> You've I've survived. worked all the way through, yeah, because yeah. I worked all the way through. But my husband's a musician, Jesse. Oh, is he? He's a conductor, he's a composer, oh, he's a pianist. Rubbish for and him, it, right? Or not? Everything went bang, oh, shut, because all his is performing art. So he did a lot of composing, finishing bits he'd started nice. and putting himself to it and just slogging on, you know, because a lot of music is slog, as you know, yeah. doing it. In our profession, we have a saying, which is, stay in the boat. Don't just suddenly go, oh, this is really hard. Hang on in there. Mm-hmm. We're bumping over waters, but hang on. Be it, stay in the boat. And then guess what? The water will come calmer and we'll still be there. What I you're not I to do is to disappear. Have you had bumpy waters? Not now, but early, early really? days. Yeah. Early days. Bumpy, bumpy. Did you grow up in England? Or were you... Are you uh, your father was in... Eventually. He was, I was born in India. My India, father was yes. with the Gurkhas. Yes. And my mother was the daughter of a, of a, a, a diplomat who was out in India and who had Tibet and Bhutan and Sikkim and 
and had been before in Persia as it was, Iran as it is now, and 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 everybody was born in he was born in Ghazipur and my father my father was born in Lahore and I was born in Kashmir and my sister was born in Abbottabad. Oh, so we were all born over there. And then the regiment moved. India came had its independence. We moved off to Hong Kong, and then we moved from Hong Kong to Malaysia, and lived there. So I came back to England when I was eight, and now England's my home. But before then, because my parents have both been brought up in India, we didn't have a home here. We didn't so. Although England was called home, it wasn't. We didn't have a home, you know. We didn't know where we came from. Did you because feel? It, do you still feel a strong connection with India? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, uh, India and oh, I've been and back many country, times, yeah. and the and the and the sort of tropics of the of the Far East. The smell of, I don't know, wet laterite earth after rain, and the sound of jungle birds and things, and the dark, dark skies and great thunderstorms. Those are the things I... When there's a thunderstorm, I open all the windows and hope for lightning. <laughs> what, can you remember your first food memory? I, can, I presume it must be... A... It would have been far... It would have been far east. It would yeah. have been with the armors in Hong Kong. And it would have always had rice mm. and ginger and garlic and probably soy sauce. And that still is my comfort food. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you add anything to it? Do you have any little extra... I mean, sometimes it's really nice. I do something like, I mean, put sunflower seeds onto it to give it a little bit of a crunch or a crunch. Mm. Sometimes you can... Sometimes our Feng, one of our beloved cooks, um, R is the kind of honorary. People say, oh, you mustn't call it. It's really insulting. But R was Mrs. So it's like saying Mrs. Feng. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to make that rice, but then at the very last minute, she'd crack an egg through the rice and fry rice, mm. do it like that, and then at the end, shred lettuce. And just as it wilted, it would be tumbled and put on your plate. Ooh. It's called chow fan. I adored it. Oh, that sounds great. Mm. And what, were the, what was the seasoning? The seasoning was ginger, garlic, soy sauce. And that was just and, always? And anything, chilies or whatever. I mean, anything yeah. Far Eastern-y seasoning. Can you, can you take a lot of heat then, do you think? Or are you oh, not God. into heat? Some, some. I once took a mouthful of green chilies, the hot, hot, hot green chilies, thinking they were green beans. I was on a trek through Bhutan. And we came, and I'd been, vegetarians get pretty slim pickings on these feasts, uh-huh. you know. And so I saw what I thought was a dish of green beans. And I put a whole crunch to hold off my mouth. And I was completely silent for about 20 minutes, which was a relief to everybody. And my <laughs> eyes were streaming. Did and I couldn't speak. And I felt as though my ears would explode. It was so Oh, hard. no. Did they not offer you any yoghurt or milk? No, they were just like, <laughs> suck it up, Joanna. They didn't, because it was one of those buffets where you helped yourself. So it was my fault. Did you cook a lot of egg fried rice in the pandemic. <laughs> we ate so much and we got so fat. I know. We just stuffed up. We thought... Everyone and you have got that. boxes delivered, didn't they? <laughs> wonderful I, things. Yeah. I can't tell you anything. And we and my husband's a good cook. Musicians often are cooks. Did you know that? Well, in fact, did you watch um, Pretend It's a City, the Fran Lebowitz thing on Netflix? No, I didn't. So good. So good, go on. And she says that she's kind of, the, her two favourite people are chefs and musicians because of, like, the creative, she's obsessed with them. And she says there's, like, lots to, yeah, they're quite alike. I'd like to say, yeah, we're just, you know. You're um, a good cook. Okay, yeah, You're definitely. a good cook. I think, I wonder if it's something to do with, I don't know, something musical f- Food is musical. Maybe food is a bit musical. And maybe you've got to have music in your soul to be a good cook. 
I, I love that. I don't think I have got music in my yes, soul, darling. Well, you, 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 you gave it to me with, okay, then it with was Dusty there. and okay. Aretha, right. Manhattan Transfer. Yeah. Um, so, so your husband's a good chef. So what was he cooking? What was the kind of go-to? Oh, he, that well, he would, or, or the zhuzh or, or what we could no. get, because at the time, oh, do you right. remember all the yeah. queuing at yeah. the mornings and wearing masks yeah. and looking on empty shelves and things? I know. But we're quite good. Because I'm a vegetarian and he isn't, we could have a real variety of things. And so sometimes he'd cook something for himself or whatever. But he, he's, we're both, I would have thought, simple. So any recipe that takes six hours, I wouldn't do. No. I'm too lazy. What's also, I can't imagine many vegetarian dishes take six hours. They apart. don't. Like, that's a slow-cooked, you know, <laughs> lamb. Too slow, is, yeah. exactly. So slow-cooked lamb and things like that, he loves... Have you been a vegetarian for a long time? For ages, darling. About easily 40 years. Maybe really? 45 years What now. made you become? Suddenly thought, you know how you suddenly think maybe you'd give up smoking or drinking or something? Okay. And I suddenly thought, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to eat meat or fish. No more. Finished. Gone. But I'm not a vegan. And Thank people God. say, oh, that's the next step. But I think it's... I think it's hard without cheese I and dairy. I mean, it used to be so difficult to be a vegetarian. No, it isn't. Right? No. And always travelling in the Middle and Far East, it's never difficult because they never expect you to have to stuff yourself with meat all the time. Right. They'll have meat, but usually those sort of picking foods and Indian foods and Far Eastern foods, a lot of them, a lot of the, of the cuisine of the of poor countries is the food I love best, and it's because it doesn't depend on meat. If you think they've always got a basis like. Initially, it might be pasta or pizza base, which should be hitting the mic, and it, then there's rice, and then there's all these different things which are the bases. Mm. And only if you're very rich do you get some meat or fish onto it. And the rest of the time, they do clever things with beautiful vegetables and spices and herbs, and in the end, you don't miss anything. So, I mean, we, we've got you over for dinner. Mum has cooked a vegetarian uh, meal. Mum gets very terrified about cooking vegetarian meals because she's such a she's such a, a meat eater. Yeah. So and she's terrified. Cook, yes. Yeah. And so I've had to hold her hand well for the time that I was here. And I love you for doing but, this. But but it's. Do you find that people struggle to know what to cook? For? Do you feel like they kind of yes. overfuss when you go for dinner? And almost? I sometimes say I'll eat everything except the meat bits. So if there are potatoes and greens or stuff or a salad, that's fine. That's yeah, but don't you you, do you quite like it when someone makes the effort though? It's so charming, and people more and more are finding how interesting it is cooking. Yeah non-meat meals, mm. plant, what they call plant-based meals. You can get some good stuff. So so which ones are your recipe books um, that you go to? I don't read recipe books. Don't you? No. Why I'm not, not? Very, I just, don't know. No, it's just, I think they're I lovely. I love them. I find them I quite know. meditative. I think they're very inspiring too. Yeah. But um, So where do you get your so inspiration? Much, well, I'm so dull as a cook. I'm a dull cook. Are you? Yeah, I think I am. I mean, they're full of spices and people tuck into them and go yum, yum, yum. But the truth is that I didn't do anything very clever. But that's because you're not reading bloody recipe books, Joanna. I know, but recipe books will always say marinate for seven days yeah. with one <laughs> sprig of something, you know, and I yeah. won't do that, you know. I feel as if I needed marinating for seven oh, days. Please. I like the idea, Jess, of having some skills which will take you through, if you know what I mean. Know yeah. how to make a white sauce, know how to make yeah. a something or an omelette, or know, know the basics, and then from that you can... You can push, 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 yeah. push, and extend it. Then you think of different tastes and flavours you'd like. I love soup. I think soup oh, is... Oh, I love soup, <gasps> too. And I think the old kind of housewife, French housewife's way of making soup, having a, a pot and chucking stuff yeah. into it. 
It's good. You've just got this new travel programme. Mm. Yeah. You ate in that. You no, must it, have I eaten never stop really eating. And, well. uh, I never. I mean, also, they always make me eat on the film. They say, and here, Jana, you'll be going over and helping cook and then eat some of the stuff. It's, it's no hard, hardship for me, but mm. this is why I'm not as svelte as I would have been. So I have, in the three programmes, which are about Berlin, Paris, and Rome, I think Rome is the first one going out. I was with people who cooked. So, for instance, in Rome, which goes out first, I met one of the Italian pizza chefs who's a kind of whiz. He's a star. A, he looks like Brando. He's got the temperament of Gordon Ramsay and is a brilliant <laughs> oh, chef. Wow. And he makes these pizza bases, which he, he, he puts almost anything. He puts things like um, chicory and honey and mm. nuts and chickpea sauce on. I can't tell you. And you go, really? And then you eat it and you go, this is out of this world. So he's very daring. And I said to him, you know, a lot of people are purists about what you can put on pizza. And I said to him, what do you think? Some people put um, pineapple and things like that on pizza. What do you think of that? He said, I don't care. He said, if, it, if they want it, they shall have it. Pizza is for everybody. They should eat everything they want. So that was rather heartening. So we can yes, put I, I, do, I do like a pineapple on do my pizza. You? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. I know it's like... It's not, because he said it's not. So, and he's, yeah, well, he's, he's, a, he's right. a Roman like chef. It. He's a Roman yeah. chef, so he doesn't... Fine. But how, how was it filming that? I mean, it must have been lovely to get out of bloody the crew, London. The crew... Oh, well, it was divine. Filming that actual sequence, the crew were literally drooling. So in the end, I had to say, I'm sorry, are the crew allowed to eat some of this? And they just fell like wolves. And, but getting out of London... I had been filming during the lockdown because I'd done a programme called Home Sweet Home, three, pro three episodes about England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales. And looking at all the beautiful places we've got here, even if it is lockdown, even if you can't go away and you've got to have a staycation, look, there's heavenly stuff and darling people and great food and interesting, beautiful things to see. Um, but going abroad was... That was great. Sort of it felt like you were alive. It's sort of, you feel you're living <laughs> I know, again. I you don't suddenly know what go, it, was. it hasn't. I don't know, the sense that our lives were ended and we'd become little institutionalised people. Even if it was a happy prison, we were in a prison. Yeah. Mm. So, Joanna, the podcast, I feel like you, you kind of get the gist. You're, I, I do. mean, I everyone's going to love having you in their ears. We ask every guest yeah. what their last supper would be. <gasps> so, it was uh, it's a starter, main, purred, drink of choice. You can think about this, you can mull it over, we've got time to come back to it. Have a little think, don't feel pressured. And it could be a last supper before you go on a desert island for a year. Or it can be... Good night, nurse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if it was the very last supper, you'd have to be in pretty good form. You mustn't yeah. be all croaking away with their old tears so and everything. Let's say you're so let's say, and, just yeah. before I'm going away yeah. to yeah. V, v back. remember I've been on a desert island. With Have you? I was cast away. When I was did cast you do away this? ages ago. It was before any of these cast away. What before? Like, sh wait, hold on. Are we talking pre kind of? It was in about 1993. Oh wow! Before oh, before oh, the yeah, cast away, yeah. before the island, yeah. before Love Island. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called Girl Friday. Pig. I was Girl, Girl Friday, the guinea pig. I had some knives, some sacking. Um, they gave me a pound of rice for the, for nine days, and that's all. And that was it. What did you do? Stuffed, pretty did much you? stuffed. And did they help? They said, did they... they said over the island, it was a it was a desert island, so there's nobody on it. And there's, there's no garlic there. or ginger. No garlic. There's no. nothing on it except limes. And I became addicted to limes because with my little bit of rice, my tiny shell, I had no knives and forks and spoons, no toothbrush, no mirror, no comb, no soap, 
Nothing. I had nothing. I lived like Why an did animal. did you do it? Because I thought it'd be quite fun. I was doing Patsy at the oh, same time. Oh, right. So it was a at good old time. contrast. So it was a good old, yeah. Lovely contrast. Um, are you glad you did it? Yes. I mean, you survived. I had rice. That was good. Oh, and did you have to make the rice? Yes. Or did you have to, I like, to... do, like, flint? Uh, what's it? You know, when you strike up. Did you have to do all exactly that stuff? That. Flint. And we'd had a late monsoon, so the wood was wet. So it took forever to get a little fire going. Oh, my God. And did I you cry? <laughs> no, I didn't cry, but it was... You're dedicated to only to making fire, collecting wood. Your horizons go like this. But at the same time, all my senses changed. I could sense when the rain was coming, literally when the rain was going to come. I could sense when the tide was turning, when it had stopped coming in and was going to go out again. I saw baby turtles hatching on the beach. I saw shooting stars. I saw flying foxes. I was on my own. What are flying and they came foxes? On every day. Flying foxes are fruit bats. Here's oh, your wow. girl. Here's, Here's my girl. girl. And now girl. you're, well, you're already sounding fantastic. <laughs> but the good thing was, this is the interesting thing, is that when you go without food for a long time, you begin to think, what? Because then, first of all, you're three Did days, you you're hungry. No, three days, you're hungry, and then you're not hungry at all. You lose your appetite. Yeah, I can imagine. And what I longed for was crunchy things. So I remain addicted to lettuce. 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 And anything that goes crunch. So celery, apples, Things that go crunch. That you could get your teeth into. Crunch, yeah. crunch, and green. Hello. <gasps> God, how lovely to see you. <laughs> She's it's here. Tra- it's the traffic Happy just... Me. It's a nightmare. Nearly three hours. Where have you come from? Hackney. Don't, it's, it's a nightmare. I've got gridlocked on Tower I've done this before, you know. I did this when I was doing a play. I'd gone to see um, Sunset Boulevard. Who with, was starring? It was Petula Clark. That long ago. You're kidding! And Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French and I went to see the matinee. I was in a play at the Hammersmith, um, the Lyric Hammersmith. It was the letter, Somerset Warm play, and I was the star of it. And I opened it. I opened the play by firing six shots. Bang, 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 <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> then the lights came on. There I was with the smoking gun. That's how the play started. It started at 7.30. So you well, fitted in a matinee. We'd gone backstage. So we went to a matinee. Oh God, you are rock and roll, aren't you, Joanna? No, this you're is coming, Jennifer. You're coming, you're my rock and roll. enemy. I said, I'd better go off. She said, you've got to come back and say hello to Pet. I think you've got to do that. She knows we're in. Pet. Pet. <laughs> so we went backstage and Pet was great and it took a bit How longer. How she then? I think she's got some age on her, darling. Yeah, she... Anyway, 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 we, we, we came back and it was a Friday afternoon. I think they were doing two shows, two on Friday, two on Saturday. It was a Friday and it was a downpour and I was coming along the Cromwell Road absolutely static. I thought, I can't do this. So I, I drove my car onto the pavement. I went and knocked on the window of a man and mobile phones had just come in. And mobile phones the size of that little transistor radio. Oh, no. Literally a brick. Yeah, like a brick. And I said, I'm sorry, Mr. Man, speaking of your brick. Can you please um, <laughs> help me? Because I'm going to be late for the show. And he said, here, you can borrow the phone. And I said, no, you don't understand. I'd, A, I don't know how to do it. B, I can't remember the, n- the number of the theatre. So, so he had to find the number of the lyric stage door, say to them, I've got a mad woman who's now knocking on my window, who says she's going to be late for the show. So I'm so sorry. And I gave, I gave him a pound coin. I said, I don't know what to pay you. He said, you don't know me. I said, here's your pound coin. And then I started to run, and I ran to Gloucester Road tube. I got in the tube. I had no money. I didn't know how to do it. I said, you have to let me through. So I somehow got through. I got through and I ran. And, oh, I think I made another person at the thing. At the station, I said to somebody, you have to buy me a ticket because I haven't <laughs> bought a ticket and I don't know how to do it. And they went, oh, 
Christ. So I gave them the money. I probably gave them 20 quid to get a ticket. Anyway, the ticket eventually got out to Hammersmith. I began to run down that big King Street or something street it's called and waiting white-lipped at the door because this was now quarter to eight. So the <gasps> audience had been waiting oh, for yeah, a quarter of an hour. Oh. And I was supposed to have been there at five to seven. So I just ran straight in. Nobody was speaking. Everybody was very still and not very smooth like this. And I just ran straight through. They had my clothes there. I was ripping off clothes as I ran. I got into my 1930s red dress. Hair didn't matter, fuck it. Put on some red <laughs> lipstick, gave me the gun. I walked straight on the street. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and the cast, I mean, I tell you, the adrenaline was so huge that the play went, I think we lost... 20 minutes from the play because everybody was reading about it. Oh, you have fun, oh, don't you? The feeling of terror of being late is almost the worst thing in the world. Me too. Now that Alice is here and she's got a glass of champagne, she's got a glass of bolly, I'd like to properly, formally uh, introduce our guest tonight, which oh, is so Dame Joanna Lumley. <gasps> I always forget that. Well, how can you forget it? Honestly, I'm so excited. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. (laughs) It was the most unexpected thing in the world. I was the proud owner of an OBE, which we call an Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I had an OBE and I thought, this is just like magic. Nothing could be finer than this. And OBE doesn't usually lead. CBE, which is a step up from that, is mm. the one that leads to being a dame or a knight. I always get mixed up with them. So it's MBE, OBE, CBE. That's the order oh, they go. M is the, oh, the first one. First one. Then OBE is oh, the second then one. Then C. CBE is the next one. And then okay. if you're lucky, you're not yeah. into the next one. But like, did you start at MBE or did no, you just go no, straight to OBE? No, I just got OB? an OBE. That was 1995, which was fabulous. And it was inc- incredibly nice. And incredibly charming. So when this letter arrived on the 4th of December, so it was quite late my husband wasn't there because he was in Birmingham and I opened this letter which looked a little bit formal oh god there'll be something else I've left out another ticket or something a bill bill or something (laughs) and anyway it said your name has been put forward for a DBE and I burst into tears. Oh, Jesse, I burst into tears because it was such a shock. It was as so though somebody... It's not like your agent rings you up or your manager goes, No. Joanna. No. Baby, you're going to be a star. You're going to be a dome. It's no. not like that. You oh. get a letter from... You get a letter from... How interesting. Well, from the Honours Committee. Do you think it was for your philanthropy well, for they, the Gurkhas or they, for your they put, acting? They said or... it was for drama, entertainment and uh, charity. Oh, well, that, fantastic. So that was the kindest little trio. That's because the best. I would never have accepted it for charity because I think if you do good things, that's up to you yes. whether you want to or yes. not. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and my OBE was given to me for services to drama or entertainment or whatever it was. But this, when they put drama and entertainment, I thought that was the kindest thing because it involves this. Yeah. Mm. And it involves my documentaries and mm. and my writing, things I write and stuff like that. So it's good. Now, Mum. Yes, darling. I'm feeling a little... Do you think you need to eat? Are we, we sticking with the champagne, as they say, on Virgin what, what First Class? What else do you like to eat? We've got white wine. We've got a, a very nice white wine. We've got what some nice like? red, red wine. We're going to keep going. What, would you, dr- what would you drink and what are we eating? We're eating... I don't really know how she to describe it. it. She's such a pro. She's I set up I don't even know how to describe it. 
I have a very good friend called Anne Sweeney, and she makes delicious food. And this is something she it's kind of a bit like a pizza, but it's not a pizza. It's not a it's pizza, Mum. It's a pie all. in phyllo pastry. It's a, a, a phyllo pie. Oh, a phyllo pie with lots of veggie things, and then there's a beetroot salad with yogurt, and then there's an ordinary salad with, and there's some oh, bread if you me. want some bread. I don't know what it's going to be like. I think a glass of red would be divine. Perfect. I'd love that. I like, the okay. de- I like the decisiveness, Jana. It looked um, as though I was really concerned about what the food was. <laughs> it's not that I actually just love red wine. No, you just so needed a way to be able to set it up. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I love red wine. And can I tell you about this bloody good one that yeah. Mum... Yeah, I mean, like... Mum and I disagree on wines quite a lot, but this one it's delicious. It's a card. It's not cheap. I mean, it's not cheap. It's twelve pounds, but it's it's delish. Where is it from? Languedoc. Chateau really Saint Hélène. It's just very tasty. I'm going to tell my husband, yeah, who's uh, who's is the word enophile, O E N O P H. I-L-E. Oh it means somebody who's crazy mad about wine. Oh, really? Knows about them, lays things down, reads about them. So does he have that app, the 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 one that you photograph the wine and then everyone rates it? Oh, no, he doesn't do Oh, that. he needs to get on that. Oh, don't let me tell him. I will tell him, he'll get it. And then it's like, you see what the reviews are of this okay. wine. And yeah. it's called, is it called Vinotech or something? Yeah. It's called Vinotech. He probably is on it secretly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, Table Manners listeners. I just wanted to let you know about my new podcast, Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast, which follows my pregnancy journey and with the help of some brilliant experts will reassure and inform you about all aspects of pregnancy and giving birth. Throughout my pregnancy, I spoke to consultants, midwives, obstetricians, sonographers, mental health experts, doulas, home birth midwives, reflexologists, the list goes on. And with the help of questions from other pregnant people, the podcast covers as many aspects of pregnancy and giving birth as possible. I'd love you to have a listen and please let your pregnant friends know about it. Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast is a reassuring helping hand, not an instruction manual. It's a space for frank, open and positive dialogue. The full 40 weeks are available now wherever you get your podcasts. So have we started thinking about our Last Supper? Our Last Supper. Now, look, I love to start with something... I mean, you can tell already that it might be marginally a little bit tame for most people, my Last Supper. This is the the toss-up. Is the Far East going to feature in this at all? Yeah. Okay, great. 
Um, this is what I mean by bo a boring cook. It might be corn on the cob. I adore corn on the cob. I, I understand that. I just love it. Bit of butter on there? Butter, salt, pepper. Lovely. And pretty much that. And eaten very disgustingly with it falling down your chin. And yeah. rah, 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 it's rah. a nightmare for the teeth. Bad for the teeth. Yeah. So then, small little toothpick. It might have been a cheese souffle. Ooh. Ooh, a little Swiss cheese souffle. So, Honum, like, oh, okay. Just a little tiny one which comes up like a chef's hat. And but, like, where, would, where have you had a memorable cheese souffle? Um, because in I'm the sure Walsley. there's many. In the Walsley. Oh, I they love do. The oh, I love, I love it. it. I, I love it. So I can't happy bear. Me too. I adore it. I adore it. And they make a cheese souffle that is absolutely oh, is it? heavenly. Okay, fine. I'll have it. So, next worth time. having next time you're there. Because um, I like their um, avocado vinaigrette that they do that. I mean, it's really straightforward. But I just, just love it. But yeah. that might be the third of my choices. Oh, okay. So when we come to this feast, I would allow... Bits and bobs. Yeah. Then for the main course, it would have to include rice. It might actually be some sort of magical curry. It would have dal. It would have all the bits and pieces. It might be an, a, a curry from Nepal. It might be quite hot, some quite hot chili-ish things. Mm. I adore all the bits that go on the side, which are like poppadums and chapatis. And the lime pickles. You're not supposed to have lime pickle, mango chutney, everything you can think of. I'm giving that to you first, and you're not because I haven't okay, cut off. Yeah, yeah, fine. I don't want to cut well one, darling, because I should <laughs> destroy it in seconds. I like the idea. I also love Mal Malaysian curries. Oh, I love I the peanuts yeah. and yes, the, the satay, stuff like yeah. that. The satay. I love anything that's hot enough to need um, uh, yogurt and... You know, whatever. So it's you called. like a condiment? You like a few little things? I like on a little yeah, spread. Yeah, yeah, a tarly, like a, yeah. yeah. I think I like a tarly with some Malaysian bits in it. And um, and then pudding, sweet person, much? No, not bothered. No, but I love. I wouldn't mind a little sour lemon mousse, or a little maybe a poached little pear or something like that. Mm. I don't. This is an awful thing to say. I don't really love chocolate. I don't like it when chocolate comes my way. Well, I don't think that. that's an awful thing to say. What did you do tonight, Mum? I've done roasted plums. Oh, well, that's all right. That's a bit like yeah, a poached That's plant. the thing. No, roasted plums is the business. God, that looks sensational. It does have the, the, the hint of Domino's Vegetarian Supreme. Does it? I have to say. <laughs> and that's I do just... like that. I do like it. Well done, Joanna. You're brilliant, Mom, do I need darling. to get dressing for the salad? Yeah. Oil and balsamic. <gasps> That's divine, Henry. Is that enough? Look at that. Oh, it's divine. So, where I, I, I need to know, if you're really into your curries, what's your takeaway curry place of choice? Do you get many takeaways? No. Do you go out for dinner a lot? No. We're literally the dullest and most unpleasant people you can imagine. <laughs> we really are. We like having people round and forcing them to eat the fairly drab food we cook. But if we had a takeaway, we've got a good one on the South Lambeth Road, whose name, sadly, I can't remember. They're fine. Have you always lived round there? For a long time now, for 30 years. Do you like it? I love it. So, do you go to the Caxton Arms? Or you Canton. don't go out? Can Canton Arms, yeah. Canton Arms. They are magic. Mm. They do wonderful pub food. They're sweethearts. And once when Randolph Fiennes and his team had been doing some hellish things in Antarctica, trying to walk across it in the pitch dark of deep snow and everything went ghastly. Anyway, six months out there, nightmare. When they came back, so I was one of the keen followers of and patrons of the expedition, I asked them around to lunch in our music room. We've got an old factory which has been converted into a music room for Stephen's 
piano and harpsichord and keyboard and all those things. And in there, there's enough room to swing a cat. It's like a kind of, it's like a little schoolroom, really. And I've got schoolroom tables. And I got Charlie from the Canton Arms. I said, think of a feast for homecoming sailors, homecoming explorers. And he did a slow-cooked lamb, I think. And he did stuff that was food that they would never have got out of tins in Antarctica for six months. They adored it. And I devised a cocktail for this occasion. I quite love a cocktail. Oh, really? Jessie, I do. Oh, that might come just before the first course. Aperitif. Pretty, What's your cocktail? It'll be the Bond Martini. What? Oh, you shake shaken, not stirred. With gin or vodka? It would be with gin. And I think it's gin and vodka. If you look with up the twist. Vesper, it would How have a twist. He, ha- he, has, he doesn't have dirty. I like dirty, but well, he is has that a- with an olive? Yeah. Mm. Well, I wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't no, that. So you have it with a, a twist. Do you right. make cocktails at home? Stevie did the other night. We had a cocktail the other night. On the night of the Queen's accession. So that was February oh, the, what, yeah. 6th or something? Are you doing anything for the Jubilee? I hope so. I don't know what yet. So you're, you, you love the royals. You love them. The, the, are you a monarchy? I love the Queen. I love the Queen. I think, I think this country is a monarchy, and until it isn't, it is, if you know what I mean. So what we've got to do is to make it work. And if it doesn't work, then we become a republic. But we're not at the republic yet. So it's no use just whining and carping. And bang in the middle of it is this extraordinary woman who knew she was going to be queen when she was 10. I know. And that hung over her forever and ever. Still, it's her duty and her faith and what she believes in. And now she's 95 and doing the boxes every day. It's extraordinary. She's extraordinary. And people say, oh, she's got money, she's got this. You can't... The book I've just written called A Queen for All Seasons, which is celebrating her for this time, the Platinum Jubilee, which is a collection of writings of her, about her from all kinds of people since time began. So when she was from when she was very young up till now, people meeting her for the first time, pop stars, prime ministers, ordinary people in the street. God, that you know, must have been fun to make. It was great. Um, the thing is, is that she's she's literally never stopped doing what she had to do. She's never called for days off. For the very few times she's had to back out was when she's really too ill to go out. The rest of the time, on she's gone, on she's gone. Never complained. And never spoken about it. Even when people wrote evil things about her, couldn't write back. Couldn't say anything back. Funny. Do you think that the, the Crown's depiction of her is quite accurate from what you're understanding, or do you...? I don't watch it. Oh, don't you? No. Because I know them. I know the royal family, I know them, and it's she awful to see yeah. people who, are, you know, with stuff being made up as if they said it, which they really didn't, because it's made up, it's written by a scriptwriter, mm. and people imagining how things went, which isn't what happened, because we know it's made up. That doesn't seem fair. And if you knew somebody who was having that done to them, and they couldn't answer back and say, this is bollocks. Yeah. So I don't feel good about watching it. And I know the actors are wonderful, and I think the presentation of it is, and it's scooped the world, and everybody's crazy mad about it. But um, I don't watch it. So you don't go out to eat that much? Oh, no. You have people over and you do... Co- Let's Jessie, talk about cocktails. it's too bloody busy. <laughs> yeah, you are quite busy. You, when are you going to... You're not going to stop, are you? It, it'll stop. Why should she? It'll stop. It will me. never stop. No. no one day no. when it stops, then I'll know it's the time. No, it won't stop for you at all. Because people adore you. <laughs> I mean, but you're not. You're not a bit patsy, are you? Really? I'm a bit sad to say. 
Why? I'm sad. No, I know most people are sad. Because Patsy was so fabulous. But she was disgusting. You'd hate her here. She wouldn't eat. I know. She wouldn't but I mean, I'm sure you're so bored of talking about absolutely fabulous. No, I'm not. I love it. I love was it. Was it kind of? It was. I mean, how old were you? How old were you when you were doing that? Forty-five. I don't know. Did Quite it feel kind of like your most rock and roll period? Well, the thing, the Everything thing that... was, was that I'd always been a, a fool and a comedian. Only everybody, because I'd been a model, I was always put down for dull, pretty girls who just did right things and so on. Mm. So suddenly to see this script coming through the post where I was utterly repellent and very, very awful, well, it wasn't quite written like that to begin with. Did you help shape that then? Yeah. And she's so generous, she lets that happen. Who wrote it? Jennifer. Jennifer wrote it. Jennifer wrote it. Little bit tweaks here and there from Ruby, who is just a genius. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. But when you did Patsy, mm. you shaped her into being this awful person who hated. No, she was written. They were both written as repellent women, but it was lovely to be able to bring to Patsy the stuff I brought to her because she wasn't really. She was chaotic. She well, Jennifer was more chaotic. Jennifer was chaotic. Patsy was just an alley cat. She had no. She was like a kind of. She could live without any internal organs. She'd been a man at one stage in her life. She switched back. She was gender fluid before it became popular. Of course she was. She was an extraordinary character, and she just sailed through life using other people's money, and you know, completely self-absorbed. It was her and Nadina. That's all she really cared about. It was quite an interesting kind of character, and as it went on, Jennifer writing and writing. And loved that character of Patsy and wrote masses for Patsy. And wrote... I loved the hair. Did you have a yeah. hair piece? Mm-mm. That was all my own hair. Oh my God. Back there. The best hair. Jennifer called it Mr. Whippy. Back it up with <laughs> a spray it and then tame it. But that was only once a week, you see. We, we did the shows, you'd get the script on Monday, read through, Tuesday rehearse, Wednesday show it to the crew who have to get the cameras in the right places. Thursday, do the outside broadcasting bits of arriving in taxis or doing whatever you have to do. Friday, block it and again in the studio and then live live show in front of the audience in the oh, evening. Oh, wow. It was really hair-raising. Hair-raising. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. And the audiences were great. Sometimes we had to almost stop recording because they get completely hysterical. It was wonderful. When do these shows... When do your ITV shows come out? I think they're coming out in... Maybe March, March okay. I think. Mm. And you go, we talked about Rome, but you go to Paris and Berlin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which, which was your kind of most memorable trip? But I mean, which one felt like you learnt the most? The one I knew the least about was Berlin, although I'd filmed there and been a model there. I adored Berlin. Paris I'd known very well and loved very, very deeply. And Rome is just... The Eternal City. I mean, it which just is gorgeous. I've never been. Jesse, it's fantastic. Yeah. You've got a treat ahead of you. I went first when I was forty, darling. So you've got a few okay. years. You've got Fine. a treat ahead of you because it cannot disappoint. Did you go to the Vatican? I and did. And was the because I was. And thought, guess what? What? He didn't come out and no. give you. This was before dawn. I arrived there at four thirty in the morning. I was let in secretly through the vast gates oh to the God. to the Vatican Museum, where I went with the keykeeper man called Signor Crea, there are 2,707 keys to the Vatican Museum collection, the Vatican Good Museum, God. and there is only one key to the Sistine Chapel. Wow. And, and the Sistine Chapel key is kept. 
behind a locked door, behind a bunker, behind a sealed door, behind a safe. You open the safe and it gives you the key to another safe where you open it. And every night the envelope containing the key to the Vatican, to the Sistine Chapel of the Vatican, is sealed, stamped, signed, and I had it. And we walked down these vast... I took it with me, I was in Keeper Keep, and off we went clinking and jangling, torch-lit down these huge, fast, God, just mile after mile of treasures and delights and extraordinary brilliances. And finally we got there and he said, he's here. And I said, oh, my God. And just a big, dark door. He said, two turns to the left, so... And then the door went open, the torchlight, and suddenly you're in amongst Michelangelo's... Oh, it's just wow. ceiling. It's just amazing, <gasps> isn't it? So that was one of the great, great treats. Do you ever bring your husband on? Can't, no, none of us do. We're all married and none of us bring our people. We can't. How did you meet your husband? It's tiny. It's a tiny crew. Yeah, of course. Of How did you meet your husband? Through people I knew. He was at school with the, chil- the child of a people I knew who were sort of half a, a, a generation older than me. And I'm eight years older than Stevie, and so he was at school when I'd grown up and left and had Jamie with me on my lap, and he was going to come out of school with this school friend of his who was their son. And he never came, and I thought, how odd, I'm really disappointed that I'm not meeting an, a 13-year-old boy who I've never heard of. That's really odd. <laughs> so then leave it. Ten years go by, and the son of the family is getting married and playing the organ is the brilliant musician Stephen Barlow, his best friend from school. So I met him there, but I was with somebody else and he was just leaving Cambridge and flying high and being very difficult to part again. And the third time we met, or the, you know, the third appointment with fate, he was rehearsing. He'd fi- he knew where I lived and he, out of the blue came a Christmas card saying, Are you, do you still live there? that's odd so I wrote and said yes he said I'm rehearsing around the corner can I come and see you and he came and just talked at tea time and we just talked for three hours and that's it that was it it was kind of that how old were you? I must have been about 37 by then so you brought up you brought up Jamie on your own at the beginning yes I did I mean on my own you're never really on your own because you've got I had my beloved family my mother and my father and boyfriends, kind boyfriends who adored him and mostly one long-standing boyfriend who were great with him and his own father who we always went to see and so on. So it was I was a, a single mother in, the, in what is not even worth recording nowadays but in those days it was always a bit, ooh, you know, goodness, how can you manage that? Did you go to finishing school? No. You didn't go to... And did you go train at Lucy Clayton? I went to Lucy Clayton but you yeah. had to... You had to go there for a, a month what, and Lucy give them Clayton? 12 oh guineas. God, it was a modelling school. It was a modelling school. And it was, it was also a finishing, like school. A finishing school. No, it had a finishing school. My mother school, wanted sorry, me to go. So come and give us some good um, Lucy Clayton manners, table manners. I didn't do that. Oh. I did the modelling thing. There was oh, okay. a side of it which was actually had Lenny, a, the finishing school. She had a finishing school and a modelling school. This is what you don't do if you've probably gone to the finishing school. <laughs> yeah. Mm, and then continue talking like mm. that. That's disgusting. Mm. What you do, I would know, is that you take put a your napkin. napkin and put it on your lap. Put and it on your lap put and put your it over your left bit of leg. Oh, left really? Leg. Why your left? 
I'll tell you later. I've no idea. <laughs> oh, I don't know, darling. I don't know, Len. I'm going to show you a very okay thing to do from Lucy Clayton. Um, what? Put your finger and do this? No, no, darling. No, no, no Jessie. No. I'm just indicating my plate. Oh, I thought she was going to get in there and Listen, just do Listen, I'm just in, indicating my plate. And I'm indicating my plate to show that I've left some on the You plate. have to leave oh, some. Because it'll be greedy. I usually don't. I usually eat it all up. Because it's greedy is, if you eat it all up. Uh, and this is called leaving something for Mr. Manners. Oh, shut up. No, that, no, no, sorry. Is that a thing? You know, suck it, suck oh, it up. Wow. Wow. Literally be there, Jessie. <laughs> you were. Something you for didn't. Mr. Manners. We, oh, I, there was no Mr. Point Manners ain't coming for dinner with me, I tell <laughs> you that. There was no point in sending you, darling. <laughs> Mr. Manners, somebody said, well, let's scrape it all into a box Jessie, and send it to Mr. Manners. It tastes all right. <laughs> yes, it's the combination's nice. I think it's divine. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I've got hiccups now. You've got hiccups? Oh, God. Okay. You probably need a bit I more, hear more of this, this 15 No, no, look, I'll tell you the co- cocktail. What the cocktail? Yeah, it might hiccup slightly. This is just part of it. It's caring. It's caring and sharing. <laughs> This, you you this like is, the strong alcohol. You go through yeah. yeah. No, but look, this is the cocktail I made. I saw that the Russian word for the ridges of snow that freeze hard and become impossible to traverse with skis or sleighs. They're called sastrugi. They go up and down, up and down. And they're like waves of the sea which are frozen hard. And they're murder to get through. You can't break them down. And to drag stuff over it goes ba-bump, 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 like this. So I decided to make a cocktail called Sastrugi. This is what it is. Bien simple, très simple à faire. Very simple to make. I quite like a V-shaped glass. Yeah. I quite oh, like I love a them. cocktail glass. Yeah, me too. In the bottom of it, put a little blue curacao. Okay. I never Not know what to do with that. Okay, just the, just that's the only darling. thing. It's, it's literally a colour, but it's mm. got okay. a bit of a kick to it. Fine. Blue curacao. Then you put a scoop of lemon sorbet. It's got to be shop-bought lemon sorbet, not smartly made by a chef's le- lemon sorbet. It's got to be the stuff you buy from the freezer counter. Mm-hmm. And go, that looks like a lemon sorbet. I'll have that. Scoop of that. So make a heated spoon, put it in and blip that in. And then fill it to the top. With? With vodka. With vodka. It's got to be vodka. It's Russian. And, oh, yeah. and what happens is that the dark blue remains but it begins to stain the vodka and then at the top sits this little slightly sweet block of ice which chills it right down do you know what told you i made it up oh you made it oh i made it up Look what did you do here, honey? <laughs> Tell me what you did. You I'll got tell you what little... I did. Yeah. I roasted them with honey and star anise. Then I removed the star anise because it's not very nice. They yeah. look completely beautiful. These are ripe little red plums, yeah. which are cut. You've made them so that they, they sit flat, so you've cut yeah. a bottom off them. No, I haven't. Did they, they just, just go splodge? They went like that. They just went splodge. So, okay, this is me saying they didn't just take the bottoms <laughs> cut off. But they're sitting very flatly, looking absolutely beautiful, like little peachy. What do they look like? Little. I don't know. They look very nice when you make them. And they look absolutely beautiful. And that's mascarpone with orange. And mascarpone with orange. Yeah, it's very nice. I need to talk to you about your lip colour. It's really good. Yes, it What is. colour is this lip? Is it Charlotte Tilbury? Because... Walk of shame. No, it isn't, but what how is funny. This is, this is several layers of old stuff I found in the cupboard. But <laughs> the thing is, is that I've been doing, I've been on Zoom since this morning, 10 o'clock. 
So I put stuff on, then I put stuff more on. Then they've been doing the ponds in the garden. I had to do that. Then I had to do something. Then I had to do another Zoom with somebody else. So each time I just put a layer of something else, and I go upstairs and, God, I look like an old cow. Well, <laughs> is this too dark? And I put a bit more on. I just, you look so sensational. Yeah. No, so this is a mixture of lips. A mixture, a mixture of lips. Um, which none, none of which are expensive. Eyes are old. St- I mean, I can't tell you. I use old stuff. My lovely Sarah, who's my Portuguese cleaner and helper, she's much younger than me, and she takes. Ca- she thinks I'm a darling old woman and takes care of me. And we went through all my old trunks and suitcases because whatever I do, jobs people give me makeup. You get makeup, and you can't use it all. You can't use all no, this you stuff. Can't. So it goes away, and it's lovely and lovely. But you don't need seventeen different colours of red lipstick. So they go into a thing. Sometimes I use it a bit sign it or put a thing with it and send it off to sometimes gay because they love the idea of having a patsy lipstick and sometimes oh, there are the lipsticks I've used for patsy and so on and so all those lovely things and you know but in the end you can't do it so she was helping me throw stuff out and it just uh, it just reminded me of how how you tend to get a look that would kind of work for just being every day do, do you, you wear just... makeup every day uh, no but if I'm to be on a zoom or something mm. I do, so I, I don't... But this is you doing it yourself? Yeah. But you're very... Like, but darling, I was I a mean, model, I was a model. And okay. in those days, in those days, modelling meant you did your own hair, your nails, you were your own accessoriser, you provided all your own clothes, your jewellery, makeup. you did your eyelashes, you did your wigs and hair, hair, hair styling. How long did you model for? Three years. But it's kind of come back to haunt me, because in those days, to be a model was the most shameful thing in the world if you wanted to be an actress. They went, yes, you were it what, was. a model? Oh, I'm sorry. It was, you can't learn lines. And you go, well, I was doing Shakespeare at school. They go, no, 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 you're useless. So I fought for the first 10 years of my life desperately trying to get parts which I could, to show that I could do anything. But having been a model was fatal. Now, having been a model, everybody thinks you're fantastic. Models themselves are paid a king's ransom. I we, know. Were, we were poor as well. Paid ransom. nothing. Nothing. And uh, that was fine. It didn't make me feel sad. But looking now at people saying, even 25 years ago, I wouldn't get out of bed for less than 10 grand. You go, what? In three years, if I was lucky to enough to have earned 10 grand, you know? So anyway, different times, different times. But you do look fantastic. Well, I put layers of makeup on, darling. I start quite early and I start layering it on. Layer it on. not. So what's next? Next, next, properly huge next, will be another vast travel, which is back to my beloved faraway lands. Where? So this will start at the Banda Islands, which are just by... They're just northwest of New Guinea, and it's called the Spice Route, and it's following spices, starting oh, the so God. all across Indonesia to Singapore, then across to Sri it's Lanka, down to Mauritius, across to Zanzibar, up through the Red Sea to Jordan, and then into Alexandria. Wow. Oh, how wonderful. Mm. And that's starting in September, going on till Christmas. <gasps> wow. How exciting. Mm. What adventures. Yeah. Um, Joanna, what is your least favourite table manner or do you think you firstly do you think you've she, got good table manners of course she did she went to Lucy Bloody Clayton yeah, but she did the modelling but my ma taught me quite good table manners so ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. I think I've got good-ish table manners. And when I'm, when I'm in V-polite society, I'm as anxious as everybody else thinking, should I put... But I know that when you... These are the things I know. I don't always do them. You cut your foot. I just want to put in for the moment... In this podcast, at that moment, I started talking. Jessie yawned. <laughs> she yawned. That's because I have three children. <laughs> a huge I was, I'm, I, old, Listen, old I'm never up at nine. That is I'm not good table I've got I'm three so children. I will that Jessie, you can't harp on about three bloody Look, children. darling, put your knife and fork down when you've put the mouthful in your mouth. Don't speak with your mouth full. Don't um, blow your nose on your napkin. Always get up and help the hostess if it's that kind of thing. Yeah. You've got servants. Don't, who don't blow do on your food. Don't blow on your food. Well, you can do that. No, okay. my sister-in-law says you can't. Why? Do you remember she's shouting at Alec? So it's not done. No, so what do you do? Done. Just sit and just wait. wait till it cools down. Oh, no. And if you're eating, which you won't now because it's long gone with the Queen Mother, start very quickly because she eats like a, like the wind. Scoff, scoff, scoff. And you can, oh. and once once she's put her food, her knife and fork down, you can't eat anymore. You're kidding? What? Not the Why? Queen, the Queen Mother, because it's rude. So you've got to eat, and as she's served first, and, and it's fast. she ate, ate quickly. So what you've got to do is to pick the whole lot up and just scoop it straight in and swallow it down. You'd be all right, Jess. Oh my, I would have done I really fast. well. Do you eat fast? I she's so very fast. fasty. Um, Joanna, Dame okay. Joanna yes. Lumley. Goodbye. No, please stay, but no, thank good. you so much for doing this. I've so loved it. I'm really glad. I've loved it. We've never had a dame before. I don't think we have. No, I don't no, think we, we have. have. Ever. No. We've not even had a... Oh, we've had Sir Paul McCartney, that's... Oh, and Sir Tom oh, Jones. Small fry, come yeah. on. <laughs> not like a dame. There is nothing like a dame. Nothing in the world. Joanna Lumley is a what? Well, just darling. She's just she's darling. She's just a dream, actually. She was better than. Was, I don't know. I thought she well, was going to be fantastic, yeah, but she was but just she was gorgeous and lovely. Absolutely fabulous, fabulous darling. darling. She was just warm, classy, broad, very classy, well mannered, funny, funny. Want to be her to be my friend. She was just so lovely. And Jessie, the one thing I can just say, she was so beautiful, just so fantastic. In real life, she was better than she's on telly. I just really loved her. And absolute honour to have Dame Joanna Lumley in our house cooking for her. It was like having royalty. I feel like if you'd served up a Ritz cracker. She would have gone, it's Gorgeous, darling. darling. The yeah. best Ritz cracker I've ever eaten in my yeah. life. What is this glorious thing? I you've know just you weren't me? impressed with the food. I liked it. I've just I've been picking at it. Well, of course you pick at anything, Jesse. You pick at peanuts. You can just call me the Queen Mother now. That's fine. Um, thank you so much to Dame Joanna Lumley. Um, what an honour. Go and check out her new TV show. Go and read the book if you're a fan of the Queen. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. 